0: Hey there, restaurant pros, it's Dave Scott Peters, and welcome to episode 29 of the Restaurant Prosperity Formula. I've been coaching restaurant owners since 2003, and the Restaurant Prosperity Formula is based on what the most successful restaurant owners I've worked with do on a daily basis to achieve their success. The basic premise of the formula centers around achieving prosperity, freedom from your restaurant, and the financial freedom you deserve. To achieve prosperity, you have to follow a very specific formula made up of leadership, systems, training, accountability, and taking action. Today's topic centers around outstanding customer service. Now, I want to tell you about our guest today, Jill Raff, a highly experienced customer experience strategist and author. Jill has a long list of restaurant experience from working in her family's McDonald's restaurant, store number 150 in Alcala, Florida, to including graduating from Le Cordon Bleu in Paris, working at Heralds of London Pastry Kitchen, to working in a one-star Michelin Guido restaurante in Piedmont, Italy. You could say that Jill has done it all from McDonald's to Michelin. Listen as Jill and I talk about how outstanding customer experience starts by following our inside out framework. I want to welcome Jill Raff to the show today, but first a word from our sponsor. This episode is being brought to you by Repeat Returns. If you're a restaurant owner of a medium to high volume independent restaurant, multi-unit or franchise operator, and you're looking for a proven and realistic solution to attract, grow and retain customers, then you need to visit Repeat Returns. Repeat Returns is a modern marketing platform created by a restaurant owner for restaurant owners. It studies each customer's habits and patterns, predicts the most profitable outcome, for your restaurant every single day and deploys the marketing to make that happen. You'll never lift a finger. To see if Repeat Returns is right for you, visit repeatreturns.com forward slash DSP. Jill, I'm so excited to have you today. I really appreciate taking time to share your knowledge about customer experience to everybody listening.
1: Thanks, David. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, again, my pleasure. Now, look, I want to get kind of right into a little of your backstory because it's pretty freaking cool. When you and I first met, you shared your story with me. Like I've got my story. Oh, I grew up, worked for my parents. Da da da. You've got the same story, but yours is pretty freaking cool. Talk about how the hell you got into the restaurant business, how you know so much because it's pretty cool.
1: Uh, Well, I was literally born into it. (laughs) Uh, My parents and grandparents were McDonald's owner operators of their first store was store number 150, National Store 150 uh, in in Ocala, Florida, actually. And then when I was nine months, they moved to Columbus, Georgia, where they opened and brought McDonald's to that whole region as well. So I literally grew up hearing Ray Kroc, the founders, you know, values and principles and really talked about core like ethics of you know work ethic and uh just going to conventions and seeing the progress of the company throughout uh from manual to automation it was it's been pretty pretty interesting ride
0: oh I I I mean I just you know, I think for most of us, we've either read the book and we realize, you know, my takeaway when I was a young manager, like, oh, your bathroom's got to be awful, you know, so clean. Think Ray Clark talked about that's marketing. And then you watch the movie when they came out with that and you go, oh my gosh, cutthroat business, but really amazing how duplicate systems, processes, ways, all the things I want the independence to have. Um, and just amazing that you were at the ground floor and truly saw what it meant when, especially when a, a McDonald's was starting and it was the quality was incredible, the customer service is incredible. You know, just do me a favor. I'm gonna ask you one extra question that really has nothing to do with anything, but I want people to know. Your parents, their view of customer service and taking care of the guests and the employees what's stellar? Like your dad had a culture, your mom, you they had a culture in that business that was truly amazing. Can you just touch on that just a little bit? Because culture has so much to do with operations.
1: It is the core of everything, David. Um, thank you for asking that. Because It's something that's truly near and dear to my heart. And it's the foundation of everything I do today. And only now as I'm older, I can look in the rearview mirror and realize that's where it came from. Um, And just ironically this week, there was a a thread on Facebook where I grew up where it's all things related to Columbus. And somebody posted an old picture from like 1962, the first McDonald's there. And so I just had a conversation with someone who worked for my dad in four years, um, 1964 to 66, and then a little bit in 69. And uh, he talked about, it was a two-year-old business at that point. And he said, you know, I still, I remember your dad and the things that he said to me. And he told me about their conversations. He said, like it was this morning. He said, there was a family culture. I felt like I was respected by your dad. And he said, for a 17 and 18 year old, like that was pretty awesome. And your dad was right there, shoulder to shoulder, working with us. And he never asked me to do anything that he wasn't himself doing and knew how to do. And so he really uh, touched on the fact that it was a family culture. It was this work ethic, these... committed people who wanted to be a part of something bigger and they created this together and that was something that my dad really created in the business that is i think to today is so crucial
0: oh amen and that's kind of why i want to draw that out of you because i want people to understand i talk about culture all the time you and i are, are like 16 year old girls talking in a cafeteria at times and we start talking about customer experience and so on yeah but but that really resonates in who you are and your approach and I just wanted people to be familiar with that now I've got a really strange question for you you, you know you and I've talked about this I had to ask you and I, I think I'm a pretty bright guy but you've got you've got a title ex the number two CX ex to CX expert what the hell does that mean Jill <laughs>
1: Well, um, EX is getting to be more well-known now with the focus on our people, and EX means employee experience. So many know what CX is, which is the customer experience, but I believe so strongly that in order to have that outstanding customer experience, you must first have outstanding experience employee experience. And the the number two in there is, I play off of the B2B and B2C, but I believe 100% that you start with EX and EX will take you to great CX. So that's why I help businesses anywhere from EX to CX, therefore my title, EX to CX expert. And I, I'm, I'm a speaker, I'm a consultant, I do workshop trainings, so that's why I just include "expert" because it's a broader, um, encompassing title.
0: Well, I love it, and I just wanted people to understand what it is. Because, again, similar, similar upbringings. Again, independent versus chain doesn't really matter. We worked for our parents. We truly understand our core values align in so many ways, and that internal customer is so important. And that kind of I want to talk about today is the outstanding customer experience, but really hone in and start with you've got an inside-out framework you talk about. And I'm really hoping you will share that with our listeners today because it's freaking brilliant.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to. So the idea you mentioned, internal customers, and that's exactly right. I see the employee as our front line, our first-line customers. So for any owner, your first customers truly are your employees. And we think about what we want our employees to do, how we want them to interact, how we want them to treat our customers. We're always focused on the customer experience as we should be. However, in order to create that, we must as business owners first think about how are we doing exactly what we expect of our employees? How are we doing that and interacting with, engaging with, educating, investing in our customers, our employees, who are there to represent who we are? They they're they're the ones who put out our brand promise to your your end customer. So ultimately, you know it's really important to focus first on the in the inside. And that's why I say when you take care of the inside, your own home, right? You take care of a business inside your business, then the outside will take care of itself. So it's the inside uh, out framework instead of customer starting. Instead, we start with the employees, and then go out to the customers.
0: And while that is a staple, a foundation of really, again, a great customer experience as you, your philosophy dictates, the truth of matters today, we've got a lot of operators who are suffering from a shortage of employees. And a lot of that I, I talk about in one of my past podcasts on my own is that you've got to become an employer of choice. And... T- Focusing on your internal customer creates that, for instance i've got I, I say you know you're not an employer of choice when you've got a customer goes to one of your employees, hey, do you like working here? Oh no! The oh they treat us like da da da, and they share. They openly share. Vice versa. Hey, do you like working here? Oh my gosh! I've worked here for six months, and it's been the mo- my favorite job ever. I've been here for five years. I it's like family. Da da da. And they become your marketers of not only new employees coming in, but again that that culture and atmosphere that drive people in. So today, becoming an employer of choice is so important. Is there a way? Can you talk about how that? that line of thought fits in with your inside
1: out? 100%. And I also use the expression of of employer employer of choice because that says it all. You want your people to be the ones who are your advocates. In fact, that's why my my uh, tagline, in fact, is turning employees into advocates and customer magnets.
0: And so- are there one or two ideas yeah. of, of, of that you share with people that you could give away just as kind of a, a an icebreaker to say, what should they, or even just points, they should be focusing on their employees to make sure they become an employer of choice? You know, I talk about pay and proper supervision and safety and being a part of something bigger and so on, but I'd love to hear your perspective.
1: Yes. So, of course, you know, the pay and the bonuses and the benefits and incentives are all great and very, very important. You can't do business without them. However, statistically, they show that people will leave a company, even for paying, taking less pay, if they feel they matter, if they feel included, that they're a part of something bigger. So, I always recommend, well, let's just back up for a second. First, you have to think of how do we apply this, even in the interviewing and the hiring process, right? So I have a client and she was talking about, Jill, I I give them, you know, I throw money at them. Right now we have this stacking problem. So I just throw money at them and I give them this bonus and I give them this, you know, incentive. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what are you expecting in return? And there is nothing. And so that I think is a problem. It's almost like raising children, right? You just spoil them. You give them all the stuff with no expectations in, in return. And there's no accountability. There's no understanding. Whereas I said, you know, look, you have a hiring problem. It's not a, a problem within, you know, your staff and retention. you got to start in the beginning. So when you hire, you need to look that people are aligned with your core values and make sure those are clearly established and making sure that within those core values, you have Clearly identified your appreciation, acknowledgement, respect for your people, and when you include that and you incorporate that into everything that's done throughout your business, it will speak for itself. It creates that culture, so people are going to want to stay and be a part of that, and they're going to be out your mark. What I call your free marketing sales force—both your customer, both internal and external customers—they will be your free marketing sales force if you treat them right, if you respect them, if you invest in their growth. So it's not just all about the company. It's about what can we do so that you feel more complete, both in the work that you do here. But if you do choose to leave us, you're going to be a better person for it.
0: Uh, I love it. Again, I could just sit here and ask you 800 questions and we could be here for for hours Uh, because everything you say resonates. Like, I can, I can tell you, at least from the way I've grown up and the way I view the restaurant business, everything you say is gold. And how do you, when you're coaching one of your, your clients' members, How do you get that message through when they get into that fixed mindset that it's, oh, these damn employees and it's the damn government and it's the damn, like they, it's easy to blame everybody else. How do you snap them in to go look internally and go, it's you, it's your core values. It's how you treat people. It's how you create a culture in your business that truly is welcoming, and there's a chance for advancement. All those things that, you know, we joke around the millennials are looking for. Well, there's millennials and younger now, so we can stop bitching about the millennials. But, <laughs> you know, what What kind of advice do you give someone who's stuck?
1: I suggest they look within. They first and foremost, leave their ego outside. Like park your ego out. That alone will make a, a huge door open up for possibilities for better communication. So I'm certified in a, in a, it's a personality assessment, but it's much more, it's really a communication tool. It's called Type Coach, And it's a great thing because it helps leaders identify who they are, how they receive information, how they deliver information, all the different things about their temperament. And then you can look at the same for the people that are, are working for you. And you might actually discover that, They're not the ones being contradictory. They're not trying to cause problems. They just may process information differently. And maybe the problem lies in how we communicate out and not their problem in receiving. We need to understand our people and know everyone's different. How does this person that I'm working with, how do they best um, hear and see the information that I'm putting out? Um, The other thing is you know, emotional intelligence. So again, I I do a workshop on emotional intelligence. It's looking at our communication styles. It's looking at our human side. And if we peel back some of those layers of what we've learned that we kind of, some people feel they have to be a certain way or the industry has always been this certain way. If you peel that away and stop and say, at the end of the day, it's about that human to human connection and we speak to people from that vantage point, I think you will see huge headway.
0: I, I, again, I'm just a fan. More, more we talk, the more I just want to ask you more questions. Um, You know, the personality profile thing has been around a long, long time but it's only recently in the last decade or so that restaurants, you know, because it was big corporations and so on, restaurants are starting to understand from hiring, what are what does my profile of my best person look like in each position because they're different personality types? You know, how do we attract them and analyze and say they're a better fit for this job? But what I love you bring up, and it, it's important for owners to understand, we often look at our management team and get frustrated, We're like, oh, they don't act like me. Well, thank God. If we had a whole team of you, this shit wouldn't get done because you don't want to do that. And we have different communication styles and different things. What we've got to do as leaders is look internally and go, I need to deliver a message slightly differently. So you might be somebody who is very impatient, get to the facts, 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 where you might be somebody like me who's flowery and likes to draw out, but you know, give you all the details and so on. Well, you got to recognize who you're working with so you get the most out of them because that does trickle down to the line employees if you're an owner and you're just working with your managers even if you're not drilling down doesn't it a
1: hundred percent yes and you touched on some key points you know usually the people who are the owners are going to be in the disc profile they would be d's right and 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 this which plays off of myers-briggs a little bit is going to be strong extroverts and they're gonna be intuitives. And so an intuitive sees the big picture, right? They're the big idea people, they're the visionaries and they just don't wanna deal with all those details. But thank God, like you said, there are people in the organization that are detailed people because without them, these big ideas would never come to fruition. And so you do need to have all types of personalities, but the key is, having them in the right position, because otherwise like all hell will break loose. Like, you know, you and I I think are very similar. We're extroverts, we we feed, we get our energy from brainstorming and debating an idea where some people would, would be like, oh my God, like, oh, there's all this conflict. It's like, no, it's not conflict. This is like just good conversation. And that's how we get to the best of whatever the idea is. But we need to respect others who maybe are introverts. And not that that means that they're shy, that word's been misinterpreted right. a lot of times, but they just need more time to sit and think about the idea. And thank God, right? Because we're ready to roll with the next idea. And, and sometimes you need to just slow down. So it is about getting the right people in the right place. And these uh, assessments really are excellent for that. Because you know if you have me doing... Accounting or something in the back, oh, I'm not gonna be there long. I will quit. Right. But you know, someone with with our personalities, you're gonna want them front of house. You're gonna want them engaging with your people. Right. So it's really looking at your people uh and using the 80-20 rule, right? Like find out what is their 20%. And likely you wanna find people who are their, their 20% fits into your 80%. So maybe that's not your area of of genius and and you could do it and and there's an expression that I love just cuz you can doesn't mean you should. So really leverage your your people and your talent, your human assets and really let those people who that's their area of expertise let them run with that and then you take care of your 20%.
0: So let me ask you, by the way, just on a side note, I know you're going to find this hard to believe on disc. I'm in a high I, high D. Just, I know you're, it's going to blow your mind. There's no way in hell, David, <laughs> is that, um, if I were to look at today's day and age, and I look at your inside out. It's so fitting because the, the the key buzzwords now, you know, the, every, every decade has their things, it's really about appreciation. Your employees feeling appreciated to create that positive work environment, to have them be a part of something bigger again, to pick on the millennials. You know, the old timers are like, oh, these millennials, they, you know, there's a whole new term called ghosting. They ghost you on an interview. They ghost you on a job. They don't do like it's, well they're leaving quickly because you can't treat people like shit anymore. It's not 1980s, 1990s, where you're throwing pots and pans, you're yelling at people and they're just a number. Like they, they wanna be a part of something bigger. They want to see that there's chance for advancement, even if they move around, they just wanna know there's an opportunity. They wanna, again, be a part of a group, something that means or does something. And the younger generations are following suit. and. And so when we start to look at this and say, all right, we understand who we are. We start coming down here. The managers are the ones that are truly have to find out what's unique in an individual and push that button. What are you doing? Is appreciation something that you're finding? It's not just a buzzword. It's something that we have to incorporate. And if so, what are you recommending to people?
1: Huge, huge, huge. At at the core of, of every person, I don't care where you're from, what family you were raised in, what part of the world. It's a basic human need. We all need love. And as a part of that love, we all need to be and feel appreciated. So when you mention appreciation, I have this other kind of this philosophy and acronym I call Shark and it's protecting right, your, your employee and customer experience. And the S stands for serve from heart. So really, truly serve from heart. And then in, in the hospitality rest, I use hospitality in the broad sense of the word, restaurants are all about hospitality. So we need to, to dive into that hospitality soul that I think we all have and, and serve from heart. H is to not only listen to what your people are saying, but hear them, truly hear the words and the meanings behind what they're saying in order to be able to make them feel uh, that appreciation for make them feel heard. The A, so I've since made the A kind of A squared and it stands for appreciation and acknowledgement. We all want to be acknowledged for what we're doing. We wanna be appreciated for what we're doing. And these apply, David, to both the employer and the customer. So if we think about this philosophy. So those are the double A's, the eight appreciation and the acknowledgement. And then uh, the R squared is respect and resolution, right? We need to have again that basic core appreciation of being respected and giving respect. And resolution, you know, it could be solving a problem that a company had. Maybe a food came out wrong or whatever the item was, or just the resolution, people are coming to you because they're they're hungry. So let's resolve that that need for them for them. And then the K is my favorite, and that's kindness. And that no matter what we do, if we come from kindness and we deliver kindness and we let people know, maybe people are cranky. and I know today customers really, they're not the customers of, of the 60s no. and, and the 50s. However, we don't know what happened to them earlier that day. Right. So if we try to come from it as I'm not going to react to what they've just done or said, I'm going to slow down and respond with kindness, maybe we'll see a shift in their whole uh, energy towards us.
0: Well, I I think it's awesome. Um, Kind of a
1: long-winded answer.
0: No, no, it's perfect. You know, when you first said shark, I'm like, I envision this very aggressive, you know, whatever in my brain. But as you said, you went through... And now, all of a sudden, I, you know, I, if I were to create a, a logo or an image, a character, it would be this mother shark, right, looking sweet, but having their the the school of of their sharklings underneath her, protecting them. You know, it's 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 a softer approach, but it is, hey, man, we're going to protect our business by making sure our guests, our internal, external guests, have the best experience. And again, appreciation is, it's the it's the hottest thing out there. And as you go through and you talk about it. What you're really saying is, hey, everybody, start to treat people like freaking human beings. Be present in your communication. Be authentic and follow the, the, your shark principle. And man, it, it addressed everything. I think it's brilliant. I love it. Um, Thank you. So now I'm going to ask you a trick question. Can you train this stuff? Like, does it start with training? I mean, we talk about training all the time. The 90s, man, it was all about training. Early 2000s, train, 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 right? The golden rule of training or or, show, tell, do review. Don't care. It was train your people. Got to train your people. And all of a sudden, these chain restaurants were putting out robots. Hi, my name is, which is not hospitality. It is certainly um, very difficult in my brain to make sure somebody, if you put them in the wrong position, because you don't know their personality, that they can manage properly or do the job the way you want it. Is is training, is that a trick question? Is Can we train this or is there more to it?
1: Yes, there's definitely more to it. And I don't believe that training is the answer, contrary to most people's belief. Let's face it. When we train, you could train an orangutan to smile, right? You could, you could train monkeys to do a lot of these things. But what we need is that human to human touch. And so what that means for me is you must educate people. So educate is the first E of my E3 formula. And it's educate, engage, and entrust. And when I say educate over train, it means from the very first conversation, educating them about what does it mean for you to be a part of our culture, our work family. What does it mean um, in terms of how we treat each other? What words do we use? What words, expressions do we not use? What do we do when we have a slow period? Do we just say, okay, now I'm slow and I can hang around? No, Ray Kroc's words were, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean, (laughs) right? Like there's always something to be done. Uh, So it's that education of what it is. And then it goes deeper along the way. You continue to educate throughout the process and the employee journey that someone is with you so that the customer journey continues to be a good one. So we educate first. We don't just train. The training is the uh, the rote things that the tasks, right? How to do certain tasks. Yep. But the education is the foundation that creates that culture. And that is crucial to the survival and and thriving of your company.
0: I love it. So, All in all, you know, what we've talked about today is if you want to have a great customer experience, the only way you're going to do that is to have the right people on your team doing the right job, understanding who you are, how they should treat people, how they should treat each other. I mean, basically, it starts with you and your core values. I mean, it just keeps drumming back to you, the leader of the business. Am am I simplifying that too much? 100%,
1: no, clarity is key, right? When you've got clarity, then you don't have the chaos. And what you just said is 100%, it starts with you. If you aren't clear on your core values, then work with someone, with David, myself, or someone else to help you get that clarity and to write it down. It's not something that then just gets written down and stuck in a file cabinet or even pasted on the wall. How do you incorporate those values? into every decision that's made, into every action that's taken by your people that represent your brand promise. And 100%, it's got to start with you. And and I believe, you know, you talked about management. Another word that to me, you know, I, I love language. I love certain words and the nuances from them. And another word for me that kind of sits a little bit stuck in my chest is management. Yes, there's a level. They have to manage the processes and what's going on. But I believe that we need to create more leaders. And my process when I work with people is I believe we need to create leaders at every single level. And when every person in that restaurant feels that they are a leader in whatever it is, that's their responsibility, then you're going to find people are going to shine. They're going to show up for you. They're going to be willing to put in more hours. Uh, They're going to be willing to maybe take less. And I'm not suggesting that you pay them less, but I'm just saying that they become a part of something that we talked about that, that, family that makes them want to thrive, that makes them want to contribute and to stay committed and be your advocate, right? And and through that, become the customer magnets, because what customers don't want to be around that kind of great energy in your restaurant, besides the great food, of course.
0: Sure, absolutely. So <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you this. I, I'm going to kind of stop us here because I'm going to have you back. We're going to talk more. We're going to go through this th- this further But there's really great takeaways for operators as they're listening to us uh, to truly understand that you've got to take care of your internal people. That's how you give a great experience. And it starts with you, core values. I think maybe you and I will just do one on just core values. I've got a whole course on or or lesson on core values. I've written literally probably a hundred core values. I can tell you that it's groundbreaking for people because you brought up one of the, the biggest things that some of my best operators have learned, uh, I can tell you that um, an operator who literally core values changed his wife and his way they run their business, when a manager would call up and go, I, should I do this or what should I do? And he just says, well, what would you, how would you make that decision based on fitting with our core values? And all of a sudden the empowerment of on his, his managers to make good decisions. Because I talk about if you use core values as a decision maker, you're never gonna be in trouble. There just may be a coaching opportunity. Does that make sense?
1: Love that, love that. Absolutely, empowering your people. So that's why my my third E of the E3 formula is in trust. So it's, it's similar, um, it's the same different wording. And so after you've educated your people properly, You've then engaged with them, shoulder to shoulder, showing them what to do, how to do it, never asking them to do something that you don't do or know how to do or wouldn't do yourself, yeah. which also speaks volumes, something I just learned um, from someone who worked with my dad. And uh and the third E is entrust, because once you've done those first two, educated and engaged with them, now you can entrust them. To go on their own, to be independent decision makers, and watch them thrive because now they're gonna feel very take on that pride and even pride of ownership, even if it's not theirs, because you've you've created that, you've invested in them, and you've said, "Look, you've got this." Think back to what we did before, and you're right. The core values. Let that be your guide. What would knowing who we are? What would you say? How would you solve that? Because it's like right the expression that if you Teach someone how to fish, right? Versus fishing for them. Now you've you've taught them how to fish, and now it's like, okay, go out and fish for yourself. You figure it out. What would you do? You've got probably an employee for life when you do that, because now you're like, wow, they're I, I'm I'm important. They're going to trust me to make those decisions.
0: Well, I also look at it this way: you're allowing somebody to learn how to run a business, to make decisions on their own, which means it's the job satisfaction goes way up. I'm not just babysitters of the idiots, just making sure the lights are on and the money makes it to the bank. I make a difference every day with every inter- interaction I have because I'm entrusted to make decisions as long as I know what my role is. If it's not outside my scope, like if the, the I always talk about if the air conditioner falls through the roof, well, you go straight to the owner. That's not in your... But you know, a customer needs some help, an employee needs some help, you can make that call. You don't got you don't have to find me the owner and go, what should I do? I, I mean, it's just more rewarding.
1: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when you when you hand that over, also think of the amount of time that you have just gained back as, you know, executive more, you know, upper management and as the owner. You're not going to be tied to your business 24-7. And that's something I stress a lot because I know, gosh, in this industry, it is hard and everyone is exhausted and trying to do everything. You have to leverage that out. And when you're able to build leaders at every level, then you've got a strong ladder. No matter where you are on the rung, you've got a strong support system and you've got people below you. Below you and above you, and I say that with air quotes, people who are listening, um, because I don't think everyone, anyone's really below anyone else. Right. It's just whatever your task. Everyone should, I believe, should be purpose driven for the sake of the company's values and what the brand is, not just task driven. So it's not about just doing this one job. And so when you create these leaders at every level and you trust them. You have just now given yourself some freedom to either spend some more time with your family or vacation, or how about just giving you time to work on your business instead of in your business all the time. And that to me is huge.
0: So I know you've got a giveaway for people listening to us. I'm going to get to that in a second Uh, because I don't want to leave all these nuggets kind of floating out there. If I'm listening to us right now, I want to work with you. I want to, I, I want to, like, personally, I, like, I wish when I was an operator, you had existed. And I hear that all the time with me. And it's kind of funny for me to say that to you. It's like, you know, the closest thing, person I have to you would have been my mother, who was won awards for customer service training and things like that. But very old school, 80s, 90s, casino days in Atlantic City. And so what you bring to the table is amazing. And I know that there are people listening Goes right now go, I need to know what Jill Ref does. I want to know how to contact her. So what, what is Jill Ref? What do you do? What does your company Thank do? Thank you.
1: So we do a lot of things. We, um, we consult, we go in and speak directly with the owners or executive management, depending if you're a chain or independent operator, um, and really look at what's going on. And I love is as, as hinted before with our personalities. I love to, to co-create. And I think the most effective change is going to happen when we co-create solutions together, looking uniquely at what's going on in your business, which may not be, it's not totally different from everyone everyone else, but you have your own unique situation. So we look at what's going on. So I consult and coach. Uh, I have an, um, a hybrid course online. So yes, there's the, the delivery of the online part, the videos and the worksheets and the action guides and the, the material, but that's um, together with coaching with me. So you're, it's not just like, okay, I'm doing this, but I have all these questions and I need some, some feedback. We can bounce it off. So we do some coaching along with that. Um, I do workshops with uh, companies with, again, management uh, so that they can learn how to do various things skills, uh, think about their communication. Uh, there's many different workshops that I could do with people. And again, and I speak. So I'm a public speaker, professional speaker as well and have spoken to uh, restaurants at, at different levels uh, from actually McDonald's as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, they, they found me um, on through my live show and they're like, oh my God, she's speaking our language. Oh, and she comes from McDonald's. That's crazy. Um, So I speak uh, as well. And again, that could be at a conference, at at a trade show, um, or just to your company, to your team. So um, there are many ways that I could support and and I'm happy to, because as you can tell, I'm super passionate about this and just really, truly want to make a difference. At at the end of the day, I want to have an impact. I want to see the connection, the human-human connection coming together, when we marry that with business, we have happier people and we have more successful, profitable business. And that's what I love about the work I do.
0: So you've got an opportunity for people, if they just want to dip their toe in the water, want to learn more about you, you've got a freebie for them. If they're listening to our podcast right now and they want to, they want to grab it, talk about how they would find that freebie, what it is.
1: Absolutely. So uh, it's called how to double your restaurant's five-star Yelp reviews in 10 days. Uh, you will find that at the link, which is uh, my domain, jillraff.com. So it's www.jillraff.com forward slash help with Yelp and Jill Raff. So R, R like Ronald, A like apple pie And F like French, double F like French fry. So it's R-A-F-F. So jillraff.com forward slash help with Yelp. And I'll give you that link, David, so it'll be easy for others to get it as well.
0: Fantastic. We'll put it in the description. Uh, I've got one last question for you. Well, I lied. I've got two questions for you. One is, how would somebody contact you? They're just so fired up right now. They know they want to learn more about you and what you do and maybe how they can ha- you can help them. How would they contact you best?
1: Uh, honestly, you can reach out to me directly. And it's jill at jillraff.com. You can email directly. Or you can also check out my website. Um, it is in the process of having some updates going on to it. But uh, you can find that jillraff.com. There's a contact page there. There's an employee turn cost calculator there that might be of interest to you. Will you see where the turn of the, the employees for you, what it's really costing you. You put in your own numbers and you can see how it impacts your specific business with what's going on. So I would encourage you and welcome you to do that. That's also free on my website, jillrath.com.
0: Fantastic. Last but not least, Is there anything you wanted to share with people that I didn't ask you or a parting thought uh, before we go?
1: Um, no, I think I would just sum it up this way, uh, which is another kind of tagline. And that is my belief that we need to transform transactions into interactions. Everyone's used to and understands what a transaction is. There's no emotional connection. There's no real human connection. It's just an exchange of goods and services for money. When we go to the ATM machine to get money out of the you know, the wall, right, when you're done, it says, would you like another transaction? Well, yes, that's all it is. You've just transacted with a machine. We don't want that, especially when we're in a restaurant. So we need to transform the transactions into Interactions. It happens to be the name of my part of my book uh, with the National Speakers Association here in Austin. We have a collaborative book. You can find it on Amazon under that name of Transforming Transactions into Interactions because I believe so strongly that um, in that that expression, which really sums up everything,
0: perfect way to finish our, our our interview with each other here. Jill, I want to thank you so much. I hope people reach out to you. I know. Uh, I'm going to come back at you and hopefully invite you back on the podcast because there's a wealth of knowledge that I'd love for you to share with people and attract them your way because your passion for hospitality, your core values, all align with anybody that I want my people to work with. I will tell you all day long, I'd send people to you without hesitation. I want to thank you so much. Hey, that was an awesome episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to take action on building a better, more prosperous restaurant. Before you go, I want to give you these three thoughts. One, by combining leadership and taking action with systems and training, being checked by accountability, you are on your way to creating prosperity for you and your restaurant. Two, I have something I need from you. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. By leaving us a review, other restaurant pros seeking out this information are able to find it. I read the reviews and hearing how this information has benefited you does wonders for me. And three, if you find any of the discussions helpful, share them. The more restaurant pros who have access to them, the better we become as an industry. For more restaurant resources or to get in contact with me, connect with me at davidscottpeters.com. Be passionate about what you're doing, be persistent, but more importantly, become better and help everyone around you become better. And your restaurant is going to kick some ass.